Hi. Hi. So this is episode two. Yes. Yes. Our second episode. We uh, we decided to switch things up mm-hmm. because we wanted to talk about a certain topic. And then in the middle of recording, we're like, yeah, no. <laughs> so that certain topic was set aside. Mm-hmm. And we are restarting with another topic. Yeah. Ones that we uh, are both knowledgeable on. <laughs> that are knowledgeable about. Yes. Because we're new more to this. More prepared. <laughs> yes. This, we're more prepared on this one than we were on the other one. Yes. And the other one we'll talk about later mm. when we have more info. Hooray for transparency. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so anyway, I'm Erica. And I'm Stephanie. And this is Cheers from, from the, the Grave. grave. So how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. You're uh, you're looking awesome since the last time I saw you with the last episode. Yes, right. So what? So what's been going on the last since I've saw since I've seen you? Oh, just uh, you know, getting my notes together and getting prepared for <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch. Ooh, and you know what I'm going to talk about? Uh, no, please explain. Black-eyed children. Oof. Yo. Let's Should, hear about that. This is scary. Yeah. Let's see. You want me to go first? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Anyway. Cool. So I'm going to talk about Black Eyed Children okay. today. Uh, Black Eyed Children, uh, they resemble children between the ages of 6 and 16. Uh, they have pale skin uh, and their eyes are completely black. Like, we're not just talking like, the, like you know, the pupils. The pupils and stuff and the coloration. No, like everything. Ooh completely black um they're mostly seen hitchhiking panhandling or coming up to your front door and requesting assistance now hmm. when they come up to your front door and request assistance or whatever they'll like knock on the door and they'll be like unusually confident and when they ask for assistance they'd be like can i use your telephone or like something very like i don't know how to say it um formal okay very formal um, their Excuse mannerisms. Excuse me, Miss. May I please use your telephone? That's pretty much how it is. <laughs> yeah, and, but their mannerisms are typically that of an adult. Okay. So they'd be like eight years old, but acting like adults when they talk, which is bizarre. Um, it's never really a good idea to invite them in or agree to help. Um, apparently, if you don't allow them in, or if you see that their eyes are like, if you actually notice that their eyes are black, um, they'll become angry and persistent. Um, people though, who have let them in, um, have later experienced some form of bad luck, illness, or death. Um, they are thought to be spirits of lost and or murdered children. Um, so there's this one story that I came across about these black eyed children. Um, it came from a website called fantastic daily. Um, apparently there was a guy, he had a farm and he was doing dishes and he kind of saw something like walking around out of the corner of his eye, like out the window. Careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he went outside and saw somebody like this kid was like walking around or something. He goes outside, snaps a picture of him before he confronts him to, to like the scare him off. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently the kid said something. And now the guy can't really hear or understand what he's saying because he's kind of like mumbling. Um, but the kid turned around, and the guy, all the guy could see was, like, pitch black eyes. 
Um, and then they get, I guess, started walking towards him, but he, but the guy like freaked out and runs off and refuses to go outside mm-hmm. at night since. Um, so the, I saw a picture of this and the kid literally like, you cannot even see his eyes. Like it's just like blackness where his eyes should oh. be just like void. It's the creepiest thing. Um, <clears throat> apparently the older ones have, are like hooded. So like they wear hoodies, which is bizarre. I don't understand why. Um, there was another story, uh, where this guy was driving at night down a town lane road. Uh, he came up, up on an obstruction lake, like obstruction, like a trash bag mm-hmm. in the middle of the road. Um, he veered to the left to avoid obstruction. Um, but then when he did that, apparently someone popped up out of nowhere to flag him down. Um, the guy kept going and later on someone else popped up and flagged him down. Um, when the guy pulled over to ask what they needed in a mechanical voice, they said, mister, we need a ride. So the guy said he was on his way to work, but he could call someone to help. Um, but the kids again said, mister, we need a ride. Um, the guy saw there was another kid next to his driver's side window. And when he turned to look at the other kid, he saw that he was pale, ashen gray and had no eyes at all. Um, excuse me. Apparently the guy was able to get away. So there are a couple of other encounters um, that some people have had about with the Black Eyed Kids. Um, one, um, I found this on Thought Catalog. It's called Midnight Caller, um, where someone was like, it almost felt like a dream. I woke up to my dog Lucy barking, and she was upright in bed where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22-month-old daughter, staring at our door like an unknown stranger was out there rummaging around. I thought she was freaking out over a house noise um we'd only been there for about three months but she was still a puppy it could have been anything our roommate a creak from the house settling or awnings moving outside from the breeze i wasn't too concerned initially um i decided the best bet would be to open the door and show her nothing was there sounds a bit silly but it's what we do with our daughter when she gets scared so i figured it should work with a puppy too Mm -hmm. i mean obviously showing dogs or animals like Hey, there's nothing to be scared of. It's going to be okay, yeah. That's typically mm-hmm. normal, right? And so I uh, opened the door, and she raced to the front, and she just stood there snarling at the door. It was angry, violent growl, one I'd never heard her make her, uh, before. So looked up groggily and opened the baby gate, blocking the doorway, <clears throat> planning to open the door and show her that everything was okay. The second my hand reached for the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking and jumped toward me, and when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid of backing down, as if her mannerisms have changed, and so did mine. I wasn't calm anymore. My heart was racing and sinking at the same time. Excuse me. I had been flooded with mixture of fear and dread. I looked through the peephole. I can't explain why I looked, but I did. Outside were two kids. Oof. Yeah. I mean... That is terrifying. <laughs> uh, kids themselves are terrifying. Are terrifying. I have a five-year-old m- <laughs> myself who is literally sitting next to you, smiling creepily. With a milk mustache. With a milk mustache. <laughs> but imagine her with black eyes. And I'd be like, no. I'd been like, uh, is that window open? <laughs> <laughs> Punt. Kick out the window. Um, <laughs> so uh, she continues. She said, uh, once... Uh, one was a smidgen shorter than me and didn't look much younger than 21 or much younger. I'm 21 and she looked to be about 16 or 16, uh, 16 or 17. Uh, she was slender and pale. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde and she wore it long about mid back 
with long, thin, blunt bangs in the front that covered most of her eyes. Uh, she wore jeans and a light wash that's popular right now and a thin-looking olive-covered pullover-style hoodie. Mm. She held the hand of a small girl who looked to be about three or four in the same style jeans buttoned down the ivory cardigan. The smaller one looked at the floor shyly but had the same shade of hair tied back in a ponytail. She held a stuffed toy under her free arm and it was identical to the one that my daughter has, as was their style of dress. Ooh. That's creepy. Just creepy. Uh, automatically, I would have been like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to back away. Um, had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear, I probably would have asked these children in and given them some tea or hot chocolate to get them out of the bitter cold. But something about them seemed off. Mm -hmm. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or shushed the dog or, or grumbled nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights, and these kids had no indicators I was at the door. Till the older one spoke. Oof. She had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, and scentless. She held her head uh, tilted downward, and I couldn't see her eyes. She said, we have to use your phone. I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was there? She raised her head to face me directly, and that was when I saw her eyes. There was a reason I couldn't see them through her bangs before. They were black or midnight blue or dark dark purple they were otherworldly she said our mother is worried now to kind of branch off of this when it comes to black-eyed children it tends there seems to be a trend mm -hmm. with black-eyed children coming to the door asking for assistance and then if you were to let them in or assist um they tend to be like oh well you know our parents are worried we need to let our parents know that they're here or something along those lines yeah which is bizarre <clears throat> Um, anyway, going back to this, uh, as someone who has always been interested in creepy stories, I knew that she was, uh, I knew what she was the second she looked at me through the door. I have never believed, I have never been one to believe in these things. As a staunch atheist and skeptic when it comes to the paranormal, I had written off many ghost stories from friends and family members, um, eager to tell their stories. I didn't believe it. Still, I couldn't rationalize my way out of it. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and the black-eyed children. Ooh. There was no question what was right in front of me. This is, like, absolutely bizarre. Mm -hmm. So the good news is she didn't answer. Slowly and silently, she backed away from the door, and the dog was still like, cowering right mm -hmm. by her. Um, but the girl was like, just let us in to use your phone. So um, sh as she goes, uh, she says, I took another step back. And with that step, the tone changed. At first, she seemed polite. And when I, this, when I took the second step back, she became commanding, almost hostile. We're not going to hurt you. If we wanted to, we would have broken in. I'll ask again, may we come in and use your phone? Mm -mm. So that's another thing. When it comes to black-eyed children, it's, they're like vampires. Okay. So you know how with vampires, you have to invite them into your home. You can't, they can't just invade your home. You yeah. have to invite them in. Same with the black-eyed children. They cannot just force their way into your, your home or into your personal space, like your car or anything like that, unless you actually invite them in. Because um, they have to cross the threshold. Exactly. And if they don't, and if that doesn't happen, if you, and but the thing is, is that if you refuse them entry or anything, then they'll actually start to get violent and... Like, they can't do anything toward you, but they will, like, start to get violent and start to get, like, angry because you're not, quote-unquote, helping them. 
What what happens other than them just giving you bad luck if you do help them? Um, there have been reports of getting sick. Um, there was a report of a husband and wife who did let um, the children in one time. And when they did let the children in, um, I guess the husband started feeling very off and when like the children were there and then they didn't really see the eyes too much I guess the husband did see the eyes but anyway going back when the husband and wife let the kids in mm -hmm. they kind of made them at home and everything like that but then I guess as soon as the husband noticed that the eyes were black on the children that's kind of when the demeanor changed now they weren't hostile or anything However, the kids just kind of sat there and then like maybe a few minutes later, they were like, oh, our parents are here and then like got up and left. And when they got up to leave and they walked outside, apparently there was a car there with a tall man wearing a top hat. Yeah. Okay. However, after that, the husband started getting nosebleeds and was then... Like, he was then diagnosed with skin cancer. Oh, wow. So I guess if you do let the kids in or anything like that, like... You just get extremely ill. Extremely ill or something along those lines, yeah. Um, but going back to this person, uh, let's see. She said that her dog, Lucy, snarled at the door and she inched backwards, uh, though something inside me seemed to be slowly pulling me back toward the door. It wasn't a physical pulling so much as a subconscious need to go back and let them in. Um, went to my room, covered up the window, locked the door, and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight. I heard her call me back to the door once more, and then quiet. I didn't go back to sleep that night, and I haven't been, and I haven't slept right since. I know from reading, um, I know from reading about them that black-eyed children can uh, can't just come in without permission, which is true. Um, I know they haven't hurt anyone. Mm. Mm. Nah. <laughs> Maybe not physically, but I maybe mean not after. physically, but afterwards. Um, but I still feel I'll be an exception. When I told my husband, he said it was just a dream. He keeps telling me to forget it, but this lingering feeling of sadness, this dread when the house is silent at night, this fear of knocking the door, this tells me otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from someone, uh, No Sleep 2012 from Thought Catalog. Um, and that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, I would, I already hate answering my front door enough as it is. <laughs> But then entering the front a door and then throwing a child with black eyes. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you at all whatsoever. Um, so what do you have? You said you were... Yes, I have a Skinwalker Ranch. Ooh, please tell. Yes, Skinwalker Ranch is uh, located, actually, it borders the Ute uh, Reservation in uh, Utah, Utah, basically. Okay. And... Uh, Pretty much it dates back to the 1800s where uh, the Utes and the Navajos uh, fought together. Okay. And then the Utes basically turned on the Navajos and took them off of this land and sent them on what they call the Navajo, the long walk of the Navajo um, to New Mexico. And then years later when the Navajos returned, they cursed the land. And so basically now the Utes, well, even for generations, it goes back like 15 generations mm -hmm. where that land has been cursed and anybody who goes on it experiences what the curse is. And they believe it's the Navajo witch, which is also known as a skinwalker. 
there's been pretty much two different families that have lived there, the Myers and then the Shermans. Um, the Myers lived there for pretty long time, um, from 1905 until about the 1950s, 1960s. Okay. Uh, pretty much they always had reports of UFOs and weird occurrences happening, um, they believe portals would open on their land in the dark canyon, which the Utes believed was the main point of where these skinwalkers came from. And you would experience multiple colored lights, different colored orbs coming towards you. Some were friendly, some were not. And in the uh, 1980s, 1987s, uh, is when the Myers vacated the ranch. They just left. They couldn't take it anymore. And so about five or seven years, it remained empty until the Shermans decided to purchase it. And they thought, oh, my God, this is such a good deal. You know, we get all this land. Mind you, this land is pretty much 480 acres. It's oh my a God. huge chunk of land. That's massive. Yeah. So they were like, cool, we'll do this. We can set up our cattle ranch. We can make money. This is the dream. So it was purchased by, um, let me find their names, Terry Sherman and Gwen Sherman. It was purchased in 1994. Mm -hmm. They moved in with their two children and their livestock. And the day that they moved in is when they experienced their first experience Ooh, with the skinwalker. They noticed that the house was kind of eerie already. Mm -hmm. um, it had deadlocks both inside and outside on all of the cabinets, on all of the windows, all of the doors. There were iron stakes, chains, everything installed, which they thought, okay, maybe this was for like guard dogs or, you know, just whoever to protect the land or protect the house, the family. Yeah. And they were like, okay, well, that's weird. So we'll just think, get us that. They didn't think much of it until pretty much later on that day, they're moving in and they come across this giant dire wolf, almost like, and they said that they noticed it from afar approaching them. And it was just very calm, but very eerie. And yeah. so it's approaching them yeah. and actually got close enough to them. And uh, Terry's father was actually allowed to touch it. It let him touch it. Like this wild wolf yeah. that comes out of nowhere, walks out of nothing, allows this person to um, touch it. Let alone you don't touch random weird dogs anyway, but. I would. Yeah. I mean. I, I, I'd be <laughs> Same, like, oh, <laughs> dire wolf, come be my friend. Yeah. So. Yo, in a heartbeat. Um, Mm -hmm. They notice after they touched, like the father touched it, it locked eyes on a calf that became curious. Oh no! So this ca the cats were all in the pens. All the calves were freaking out except this one. Became curious, and all of a sudden the dog, lun uh, the wolf, lunged at it, took its head between its teeth, and was trying to rip it out from the gate. What? And that is when the family was like, "Oh my god, we gotta get this dog away!" Kind of thing. And they shot at it at point blank range, didn't flinch, didn't move, nothing. What? Yes. And so they ended up getting a larger um, weapon 
So um, they shot off multiple rounds from a magnum at point blank range, and the wolf did not flinch, did not even acknowledge them. Was this wolf on bath salts? No. (laughs) It would make a lot of sense. It would make a lot of sense. And so when they failed, when that failed, they actually ended up grabbing a, a rifle and shot it into the chest. And Uh that's the point when the animal dropped the calf and just stared at them. Like, what the fuck? Like, eh, what's going on? Like, what's happening? They noticed that there was no blood, no nothing. What? Yeah, and then all of a sudden he just trotted off. As if nothing happened. It's like, bitch, we just shot at you five times. Multiple times, exactly. Oh my god. And so at that point, that's when Terry and his son... Um, decided to go after the animal. Mm -hmm. They followed his tracks forever. And then all of a sudden, um, about 40 feet from the water's edge, it just, his tracks just disappeared. Yeah. And so this was their first sighting with a skinwalker. And I mean, that is the legend of a Navajo witch is that they're basically... Like just you can't hurt them. Like morphing into random. Like was so was they're this mo- more known to be wolves? Okay, so they like is it like a witch that kind of like morphs into the said animal or um, it's just basically a curse upon. It takes form of whatever, but okay. most of the time it is a wolf. Okay, and it's just it's just what it is. They That's... call them witches because of the evilness behind them. Well, yeah, but as we all know. Witches tend are not really evil. It's no. just something that freaking history and other people like to. Exactly. I mean, say. this is Navajo and Ute history yeah. that goes by generations. And but yeah, basically they shot at this animal and then it just trotted off. Oh, and that's crazy. Yeah, and then a few weeks later, uh, pretty much Gwen, the wife, ex- saw the wolf again, and it it was pretty much parallel with the top window of her car oh my gosh mm-hmm. so like it was huge tall yes um over the next two years pretty much they would experience multiple things happening um i know that a bunch of their cattle ended up going missing just randomly when they would go round them up at night they would find tracks and then they would just disappear specifically in tree lines near the dark valley Mm. and a lot of the times the tracks look like the animals were running away from something and there was no other tracks behind them oh that's weird it's terrifying and um i know that terry himself said that anytime he would go by the bush line um per what i read from this Mm -hmm. is anytime he went by the bush line he would always feel like he was being watched by an invisible creature Mm. um and there was also different um, different experiences where with orbs, they would see like yellow orbs coming and going through their land. And I remember reading that he once tried to follow it, but it, it he was like, it always felt like it, it knew what he was doing. Oh my gosh. So it was like, it was always two steps ahead of him. So it's like, hey, I know you're going to come in this direction. So I'm just going to be like, boop, go over here exactly. instead. Oh my goodness. And so a few years After, you know, they lost a bunch of cattle. Um, They even lost their family dogs because of this. Um, There was one night when an orb appeared 
-hmm. it was a blue orb, and these blue orbs were known to be angry, like, horrible feeling. Like, they just gave you dread and sadness and just this nervousness around them that anytime they saw them, and luckily it wasn't that often. Mm. But pretty much um, one night it appeared, and... Terry felt this overwhelming urge of dread. And he thought, you know what? We're going to stand up to this thing. And so he set the dogs loose. And the dogs chased after it. And it went away. Like, it was, yeah. it ran off. And then all of a sudden, they went behind um, some bushes. And all you heard was yelping. No. Yeah. And so when he went to go investigate, um, pretty much his dogs literally were no. mutilated. No, no, no. I know. Puppies, no. I know. And so I think that that was pretty much the point where he was like, I can't do this anymore. No, especially after, no, I wouldn't be able to. I'd yeah. be like, no, F this, I'm moving the F And out. the thing is, is that they'd lost so much cattle, it, it almost drove them to bankruptcy. Oh. So they were unable to make ends meet what they thought was going to be a dream ended up being a nightmare. Yeah. And so, um, they basically published stories and people made fun of them. Like, Oh, it's not true. But even their neighbors reported seeing, um, lights on property, UFOs hovering, weird feelings at all times sort of stuff. And then, uh, they actually sold their property to Robert Bigelow. He owned a research company called um, NIDS. NIDS? NIDS, yes. Well, he decided that he, they were going to do the research. Mm -hmm. And he established a compound for research with tons of PhD-level field investigators, scientists, security details that all lived on the ranch to experience whatever was happening 24-7. Oh, that's crazy. And literally, they were their entire duty was to collect evidence at all times. And so they would have they would have teams go out throughout the field with like infrared um, binoculars. There was cameras all over the land and all of this stuff to collect evidence. And there was a few stories that were noted that you could. They had pictures of orbs. They had all of this stuff. But there was one incident when two field researchers were overlooking the valley, the dark mm -hmm. valley, and they noticed this bright light expanding across the valley. And they're trying to figure out what was happening. One person was taking all the pictures. The other had the infrared cameras. And this is at night. And this is at night. This is at probably 2 or 3 in the morning that they okay. said they'd been there for a few hours and were getting ready to move on to a new location. Mm -hmm. And pretty much they experienced this bright light expanding. And the person with the, the individual with the binoculars looking said that it literally looked like a portal opened up. And some giant black, completely black creature crawled out of the portal and just took off running. And then the portal closed up. The fuck? And so, exactly. So it's like, what kind of curse was put on this land like what kind of activity so that bloomed that, more investigations and they were there until about 20 2014 i think was the last little bit but anything past 2004 really mm -hmm. 
So do we know if that property is still owned by them? It or? is currently owned by the government now. Really? Which begs the question, was this actually a haunting? Was it government activity? But I feel like something like that is... Yeah, if the government's going to take over something like that, they don't just randomly take over someone's land yeah. just for shits and giggles. There has to be like some mm-hmm. legitimate reason as to why they did that. Yeah. Oh, here it says that it was, yeah, disbanded in 2004, but they still had um, people watching over Okay. the grounds. That is crazy. Oh, my goodness. Um, I just, oh, that's, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's literally this land based off of American Indian traditions that yeah. the land is cursed and then all the stuff starts happening and there's only two families that lived on the property and one of them clearly took precautions with all the deadbolting and then you have this other family who was like, this is a dream. We got this for such a great price. Yeah, All of whenever this land you for s- cattle. Whenever you see land of that price, like if it's like dirt cheap, you have to really be like, but what's wrong with mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with it? It's like all those houses that you, like the, for the love of old houses yes. on Facebook, they're like, hey. Um, this is haunted. This haunted. is like $120,000 and it's five bedrooms and three baths and. Over 2,000 square feet. Mansion-like. And you're like. What's wrong with it? Okay, but it's haunted. <laughs> when do we move in? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is crazy. So. Shall we read our first story, listener story? Yes, let's do that. That is, so we have, um, we would like to share one of our Share one of our fans. Yeah, Yeah. share one of a a story that one of you guys um, send in to us. Um, We want to try to do that at least once an episode Mm -hmm. if we can. Um, and then later on, what I'd like to do is maybe have one actual episode that is strictly listener stories. Definitely. Um, however, the only way for us to do that is if you send in your email. Yeah. Yeah. You actually have to send an email to us. Um, we only got one email so far, but yes. I mean, we literally just started. started. Um, and that email is? This email is from Ashley. Uh, she is actually a co-host on a podcast called Historic AF. You can find that on Spotify and iTunes. Um, it is fantastic. Uh, they are, they just started two. They're about two to three. No, they're two episodes in right now. Perfect. And I love them. They are fantastic. Uh, but Ashley sent an email in to us. Um, she says, hello, good spooksters. Hello. 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 First of all, let me say that I'm elated to listen to your podcast. Aw. Uh, Spoopy speaks <laughs> to me on a visceral level. I'm in the midst of upping my creepy tattoo collection, so this will be perfect to listen to during sessions. Okay, first and foremost, you need to send us a picture of your tattoos, because the fact that you didn't include any of these tattoos... Yes. Yeah. Unless they're in places that you don't want to show, then I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. But we love a good tattoo. But we love a good tattoo. Yeah. Both of us are tatted up and yes. we understand. Uh, so anyway, she goes on with that said, let's jump in. I've had encounters with spirits since I was a kid as I'm pretty empathetic. 
I'm like a homing beacon to wandering ghosties. This means that besides a time in college when I'd routinely throw my pillows in fright when I'd wake up to dead people leaning over me, I've become pretty desensitized to random 3 a.m. booty calls. <laughs> and in parentheses, she says, oh my God, I'm so sorry for that joke, but not enough to delete it. Uh, so when I moved into my house, which was built in 1944, it didn't occur to me to ask if the previous owner who had passed away had died in the house. Um, it also didn't occur to me that some shit might happen because the house is a block away from the cemetery. Ashley, girl, I've only known you for so long. Come on. <laughs> like, there is a development um, down the street from us right now um, that actually has a graveyard in the front of it like there's the entrance to yes no literally like down the street from us there's the entrance to this new development and on the left hand side there's a little mini graveyard Whoop. oh god <laughs> <laughs> but like i i, I would want to know like i would also want to know if, if somebody died in my house i would want to know aren't they supposed to disclose that I, they are i thought it was legally but like like le if someone died in the house or anything like that to, they have to disclose you. any deaths that happen mm -hmm. in the house yeah girl you should you should look that up mm -hmm. anyway where was i uh okay block away from cemetery yes okay uh i did not have my thinking cap on when i found this gem at a great price I'm going to have to agree with you, girl. <laughs> uh, when I first moved in, I lived alone, and I'd brush the occasional man whistling or woman saying hello from down the hall. Uh, my husband, boyfriend, my husband, then boyfriend at the time, uh, was constantly laughing at me when I had relayed these happenings because he was a big-time skeptic. Mm. Then he moved in with me. <laughs> That's how you get him. If I was typing this on my phone, I would insert a devil head emoji here. It filled me with a sick sort of glee to find out things started happening to him. Yo, I, that'd be like, justice served. Mm -hmm. uh, so she continues. So I've been telling him for weeks that I was waking up to a man in a gray jacket standing at the end of my bed. And I saw a hand with a red finger with red fingernails come over the side of my bed, reaching for my hand when I was trying to sleep. No, no. But according to him, I was dreaming or one of my meds had made me hallucinate. Then, then, then all in caps, then he fell asleep on the couch in his man cave one night with the door shut. He woke up the scratching at the door. He thought it was our pit bull trying to get in until he looked over at the door and saw the fingers curling up from under the door and scratching the inside of it. No! No! <laughs> that is a big no. Girl, get the sage. <laughs> oh my God. Sage that place. Sage that shit. Oh my God. He came barreling out of the room thinking someone had broken in, but no one was there. This coupled with a couple more days of seeing flashing lights and shadow people, plus hearing bootsteps in the hall in the middle of the night, my husband has definitely flipped into being a believer of the paranormal. I would still find it funny if it wasn't kind of creepy too. That's terrifying. But fingers. I, I have this thing with creepy fingers that do the weird curling thing like walking dead style going into the doors Don't and then doing this inside. weird oh, oh. Uh, let's see so she said let's see i have since placed some sea salt bowls in the bedrooms to ward off some of the nighttime visits and i wear a black 
tourmaline and hematite necklace. I completely butchered those words. Uh, to block some of the draw I offer to the spirits and it's calmed down, but we still get a visit from time to time. Thank you for reading and have a spooky good time. Oh. Oof. Oh, Ashley. Half of the podcast historical AF. Oh, everyone check them out. They got some good stuff. They do. You all need to check them out. But, girl. Ooh. Fingers. Fingers just Red over the bed. Ooh. Like, going towards your hands, be like, I'm good. That's just, like, that's just, like, instantly brings me back to, like, childhood. Just, like, what if there was a monster under the bed? Just oh my God. crawling around. Or that's- just, like, remember how I was saying in the first episode when I was, like, doing the shadow puppets with my hands? Yes. And then, like, all of a sudden, that third hand just comes up. I'm like, no, thank you. No. I'm, I'm, I'm not okay with that. No, it's, it's not okay. <laughs> but, I mean, thank you for sharing that story with us. And giving me nightmares about red fingernails <laughs> coming over the bed. That's not okay. But seriously, Ashley, thank you so much for bringing that, uh, for sending that into us. That's amazing that you did that. Um, if you guys ever want to send in anything, um, our email is cheers from the grave at gmail.com. We also have Twitter, which is cheers from grave because Twitter doesn't like cheers from the grave. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> our Instagram is cheers from the grave. Our Facebook is cheers from the grave <laughs> <laughs> and our website is cheers from the grave.com um anyway uh this has been episode two and thank you for listening i'm stephanie and i'm erica have a haunted day <laughs>